Good afternoon. Hope all of you are doing well. Uh, we are going to be learning Maseches Sukkah Daf Mem Ches, a short daf, an interesting daf, and we are starting at a fresh Mishnah at the very top of Daf Mem Ches, Maralaf, four lines down. The Mishnah reads, Ha-Halel ve-Ha-Simcha Shmone Ketzad. In regards to Halel, Rashi says we're talking about a full Halel. And Simcha, Rashi here says we're talking about the Shalmei Simcha, of eating the Korban Shlamim. For eight days, Ketzad, how does it play out? What do we learn from here? Also has a din of Simcha, like all the other days of Sukkot. That absolutely, that is going to be the Halacha, that there's Simcha there as well, even though it's a different holiday, and it has a distinct set of marimikomos. So says the Gemara, how do we know that that's true? The Brisa writes, quoting from the Pasuk, and what do we learn from that Pasuk? What does it come to include? That's it. This comes to include the Yom Tov Acharon, the second days, as we call them, of Sukkot, namely Shmini Atzeres. And the Brisa continues, Maybe we should have said the Pshat and the Pasuk of Ha'isa Ach Sameach is to teach us about Yom Tov Rishon, that there's a din of Simcha by Yom Tov Rishon, it's about Yom Tov Sheni. So it says the Gemara, uh, no, when it says the word Ach, it's like it separates from the beginning to teach us about the end. How did you decide what the word Ach should be? Okay, it's like it's split, but how do you know still that it's going to be about the Yom Tov Acharon and not the Yom Tov Rishon? So it says the Gemara, the reason why I include the Yom Tov Acharon is because because it follows uh, uh, days of Simcha, and you should be continuing your Simcha. So because of that, um, that flow of events, that because there were Yemei Simcha prior to the Yom Tov Sheni, so therefore in the Pasuk says, it's coming to include. And that is the reason why we learn the Pasuk the way that we do. And that is why our Mishnah says that Melamed, that we have the mitzvah of Simcha on Yom Tov Achron Shachat. Next Mishnah, almost halfway down, Memchas Medalaf, the Mishnah writes, Sukkah Shiva Ketzad. What does it mean that the Sukkah is for seven days? How do we show a line of demarcation between uh, the days where there's a Chiyuv of Sukkah and the day where there's no Chiyuv of Sukkah? So the Mishnah writes, Gomar Milechel, when one finishes their last suda on that seventh day, Lo Sukkah. So you should not take the Sukkah apart. Aval, what you should do is, Mori You should remove the Kalim from the Sukkah, the Kalim that you're eating with, the furniture, whatever it is. To show the distinction for the honor of the Yom Tov Acharon Shalchag, where Midorais, at least, there is no obligation at all to be in the Sukkah. So it says the Gemara, halfway down, what if you're not able to show a distinction between Sukkot and Shemini Atzeres by removing Kalim? Let's say there are no Kalim in the Sukkah. So it says the Gemara, what are you talking about? What did our Mishnah say? Look back at our Mishnah. When you finished eating, what were you eating with your bare hands, with no, with no plates? Of course not. It says the Gemara, Ain't no Kalim. what are you talking about? El ki ishtamesh, but my ishtamesh. When he had that last meal, where our Mishnah said, you had to be eating off of something, so therefore it should be the case that he should have Kalim there. So it says the Gemara, you're right, of course there are Kalim. However, we're talking about a case scenario, an ukimta of sorts, where we're establishing our Mishnah that there was nowhere for you to put those Kalim, whatever the logistics are, I don't know. So it says the Gemara, how then, if you have nowhere to take the Kalim out of your sukkah, how then do we show the distinction between the days of Sukkot and Shmini Atzeres? Answers the Gemara, two answers. Rabbi Chia bar, bar Rav, and according to some, it's uh, Rabbi Chia bar Ashi. Rabbi Chia bar Rav says, 
Amar poches ba'arba. We remove four amos of uh, of of tzach. Uh, we remove remove four tefach of tzach. Excuse me, and uh, that would uh, invalidate the sukkah, and that will show you the distinction. We're not concerned about baltosif if there's no tzach because it's not a sukkah anymore. Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi Amar madlik ba'esaner, and he says you should light a candle. This is a helpful answer because we learned that in small sukkahs. Lighting a candle is unacceptable. We're supposed to light candles outside of a sukkah, not inside of a sukkah when it's small. So it says the Gemara, the low Paliki, these two shitas are not arguing. Halan v'halahu, it depends where you, it depends where you live. In Chutz Aretz, you can't take apart the sukkah or invalidate it because as we learned yesterday, that we still need to sit in the sukkah and eat it. So you can't uh, do the schach move. That doesn't work for a Chutz Aretz in Bavel. That does work perfectly fine. So what do you do in Bavel? You light a candle. So it says the Gemara, that only works a little bit. The answer of lighting a candle is with a sukkah ktana where you can show a distinction of lighting a candle in the sukkah because during sukkahs, if it's a small sukkah, you should not light a candle in a sukkah, as we learned earlier in the Masechta. But if it is a big sukkah and you're anyways allowed to light a candle, so then lighting a candle doesn't show any distinction that this is sukkahs and this is Shemini You are allowed to have a candle in a large sukkah no matter what. So the answer is the Gemara, you're right. The candle will not work in a larger sukkah. How then do we distinguish between sukkahs and Shemini And the Gemara answers, You bring Kalim into the sukkah, showing, which is not a normal thing to do. If you're not having a meal, you bring Kalim in there. And that then shows that you're not using this for the mitzvah of sukkah, therefore creating our line of demarcation between Sukkis and Shmini Atzeres. Says the Gemara, how would we know this is true? Da Amar Rava, Mani Mechla Barmi Matlauta, that in general, on Sukkis, the kalim should be outside of, a, of the sukkah when you're not using the sukkah. So if you're bringing them in, you're showing it's not sukkahs anymore. And Rava finishes his statement, though not relevant directly to today's comment here, which is money mishsia. If you have uh, um, if you have cups and glasses and, uh, and pitchers, that's bimatlato. That's okay. So that's why what we would do if it was a larger sukkah, where lighting a candle would not create the distinction between sukkahs and shminiatzeres. We would therefore bring kalim into the sukkah, thereby showing it's no longer sukkahs, thereby showing a distinction between shminiatzeres and sukkahs. Next. Almost at the bottom of the page, Nisu Chamaim Ketzad. How did the Nisu Chamaim work in the times of the Beis Hamikdash? Sluchis Shalzav Machzekes Shloshelug. In the Tanakhama writes that there was a um, a pitcher of sorts that held three lug. Hayim Amalim in Ashilach. It was the money was the um, the, the water. Excuse me was. Uh, drawn from a spring, he giu leshar hamayim. Then they'd come to a gate in the base of Mikdash, referred to as shar hamayim, because the nisuch hamayim was brought through these gates. And tiku v'hariyu tiku, they would blow shofar. And then ala bekeva shupana lesmolo, he would go up the ramp and he would make an immediate left. Normally, we turn to the right. Called pnei shatapona enu eluliyamin. That we learned a couple of times throughout Shas so far. Today, we're going to see that this is one of the exceptions to the rule. So that's what the Gemara says: is that you go up to the ramp and you make an immediate left. And then when you get there, what are you going to see? Shnei sapalim, you're going to see two, basically two bowls. Shel kesef, they're made of silver hayu. Hayusham, they were in that place. Rabbi Yehuda says they were not made out of silver. Rabbi Yehuda, omer shel sid hayu, they're actually made out of some type of material, like a limestone type of material. But they look like tarnished silver because the wine had a reddish tint to it. It made it look a darker, like the color that you might see on silver. That's a little tarnished, a little purplish hue, a little reddish hue. So it says the Gemara, uh, says the Mishnah, not only that, Uminukavin, they had holes in the bottom of them from the word Nekev. Uminukavin means Shnei Chotmin Dakin, similar to the way that uh, one's nostrils are, are uh, openings in the nose, and uh, they were at the bottom of the bowls to allow the water and, and, the, and the wine to drain. 
uh, one was uh, an, a bigger hole for water because water is more liquidy. One was a little, one was a little bit, um, sorry, the, the wider one was for the wine, which is more viscous. And one was a thinner one to allow for the water to drain. Why did we do this? To Why did we make the holes bigger? Who cares? Says the Gemara, because that when the water libations and the wine libations were done, we wanted them to finish at the same exact time. So says the Gemara, and we're going to speak about this more in a little bit. It says the Mishnah, top of Memches, Midbeis, second line, Ma'aravo shall ma'im, Mizracho shall yain, the one on the west, that is the one that was uh, for water, and Mizracho, the eastern one, was of the wine. So the west is closer to the, to the Heichal side. Uh, if you happen to have poured the blood into the water basin and the uh, water into the blood basin, the halacha is that you're still yotze. That it was with one lug that they did the nisuch hamayim, not three kol shmona. And Omer, they used to say to the person doing the nisuch hamayim, hagbeis yodcha. We want you to raise your hand and pour from a higher place. Why? What was happening? So says the Gemara, because we know, of course, in the times of the Beis Mikdash, there were some concerns about Tzedukim, about the Sadducees. One person who did not believe in the Nisuch HaMayim, because it's not an explicit Pasuk in Chumash, so he says... Uh, he's, he tried to fake it, so he poured it on the, on his feet. Al gabe ragla or gamuhu kol ha'am be'esrog. Everybody took their uh, their esrog. They gave a nice little toss up, got the weight, and they everybody pelted him with the esrog, one after the next. So that, after that, they made this takana or whatever the appropriate terminology is that they that the kohen who was doing the nisuch had to raise his hands up and mamish pours. So everybody was able to see no esrog were thrown anymore. And as well, halachically speaking, no difference between the nisuch amayim on Shabbos versus uh, versus week. But what they would do is when it when the nisuch amayim was done on Shabbos, they would pre-fill a golden barrel. Uh, one that was Eina Mekudash, as we'll see tomorrow why it was not Mekudash, Mina Shiloh, Umani Chabalishka, and they kept it in a particular room. Good. The Mishnah concludes, Nishpacha Niskalsa, let's say that, the, that it spills, or let's say that uh, it was uncovered for too long of a period of time, Hayamamali, Mina Kir, they could fill it up from the Kir. Shahayayin Vahamayim Megulin, the reason why is because when there's Mayim Megulin, they're not allowed to be used for the Mizbeach. This is something that we all know about. It's quoted in Shulchan Aruch and Halacha uh, Lamaisa and seemingly today as well. That if there's water that's left out overnight, so the Halacha is that we don't we don't drink it. We can discuss this at another time, but that's a din in Shulchan Aruch. And a famous Gura there says, even though today we're not concerned for the immediate concern of whether or not there are snakes that are leaving their venom inside the uh, water, which is an extremely unlikely occurrence, but in, uh, the, it's still us or in the Gura there, right? So for every one reason you see of the Chachamim, there are plenty more that you don't see. So we don't drink Mayim Agulim either. How do we know that this is true? How do we know that what is true? Take a look at Rashi, two-thirds of the way down. Rashi says, How do we know that there's shofar by the Nisu Chamaim? Go back to the Gemara, one-third down at the open of the Gemara. How do we know about the shofar? When you do the Shiva Samaim, it should be Bissasson. And we assume that Sasson is with a shofar. And then the Gemara tells a very cryptic story. Uh, spend, you should spend some time looking into some of the commentaries because on, the, on its face, it's a difficult story to understand. Understand. Han Hutre Mini, there were two heretics. Chad Shmei Sason. One of their names was Sason. Chad Shmei Simcha. And the other person's name was Simcha. Omar Le Sason, the Simcha. Sason says to Simcha, Ona Adif Naminach. 
I'm better than you. Look what's first in the Pasuk. Sason, So we see that Sason is is uh, is better. Amar le Simcha le Sasan. Simcha says back to Sasan. I don't agree with you. Ana diif naminach. I'm better than you. Dechsiv Simcha be Sasan la Yehudim. There we see the Simchas first. Amar le Sasan le Simcha Sasan. He says to him, Chad Yoma Shavkuch v'Shavyuch Parvanka. One of these days, I'm going to leave you behind, and you will be nothing more than a messenger. You'll be nothing nothing more than someone who's a runner, as Rashi highlights over here. Rashi a little bit further down than by the opening of the Gemara, three fourths of the way down. Divramaskal Parvanka Ratz you're going to be the runner in front of me. With Simcha, they were going to be the ones that leave. So he's going to be a parvanka messenger. One day, I'm gonna, you're going to be left to, to be nothing. We're going to fill you with water. There was a, a man who said, uh, whose name was Sasson. He said to Rabbi Abo, Soon you're going to be filling water for me in the next world. And my name is Sasson. So therefore you're going to be filling me with water. Now you're going to take care of me. Had it been that it was Lissasson, yeah, I would have agreed with you. But now that it says in Sasson, so therefore we have a different drasha. What's the drasha? Kind of gross, but the Gemara says, the skin of this particular person, it's going to be considered like a wine container, a wine container made of skin. So he pushes back quite sharp. Difficult to understand this Gemara. This requires a lot of commentary, maharals and maharshas and another meforshim to have an appropriate understanding of this Gemara. Two thirds of the way down, two lines before the wide lines, the Gemara says, so says the Gemara, an implied question. Everybody knows that when you go up to the Mizbeach, you have to go right. It has to be Liamin, it has to be to the right. So why are we here returning left? So says the Gemara, last short line on Memches and Bey says the Gemara, Normally, when a person goes up the Mizbech, they turn right. And when they go down, they turn left. Normally, that's what happens. Chutz, except for, except for three things where the following happens. You go up and you turn left. So you're going to go clockwise instead of counterclockwise. And then you immediately pivot uh, when you're done with what you're doing. You just turn yourself around on your heel. You just spin back around uh, and then you leave the Mizbech that way. So remember what we said in our Mishnah, you go up the Mizbech, make an immediate left on the western side of the Mizbech to go do the Nisuch And then right when you're done, you turn back around and you're going to be facing south and you'll walk toward the Mizbech and then you'll then you'll come down. So it says the Gemara, these three things, two of them relevant to today, Nisuch Nisuch and as well, olas ha'ov When there's too much, too many korbanos on the eastern side, they come over here to the western side, which is where the nisuchamayim was. Um, we're going to learn this one last little sugya, and then we'll stop. And we said that they are blackened. Uh, excuse me, the yayin mashir. If you're going to say that these uh, containers are made out of seed of limestone, so I could understand why they look like they were darkened. If this, if you have wine, the one uh, that was the wine, I understand that it's going to have that uh, darkened look. But demaya. If all you're doing is pouring water in it, then why would it look darkened like tarnished silver? That doesn't make any sense. So it says the Gemara, because we know that sometimes they made a mistake. We said that we said that sometimes people make errors in where they pour things up on the Mizbech. Sometimes the wine is poured into the 
into the basin for water and vice versa. So for the one time that they poured wine into the basin for uh, where the water belonged, it would stain it. And therefore, it would then come to darken even the one for water. Maybe it wasn't as common, but it did happen apparently, and it would have that darker color. We'll stop right here and pick up Amir Hashem tomorrow in person with Daf Memtes, wishing you all a beautiful night.